1: Welcome to More Than a Muse podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine
0: modern day problems, and educate ourselves and
1: others on important and forgotten female artists of the past.
0: Well, hi everybody and welcome back to More Than a Muse, a podcast all about women in the arts and everything else. We're so excited to have you here and listening and To get started off, I guess I'll just be like, how are you, Sadie? How are you doing?
1: You know, I'm I'm doing really good. How about you? You got a puppy this week.
0: I did. Yeah, my birthday is this week, and so we picked up a little cockapoo named Winston Bishop, like from New Girl. That is
1: so, oh my heart.
0: Yeah, he's been the sweetest. He's tiny. He's literally only a pound, but he's already so smart and so obedient, and he's been great, so... I'm thrilled. Excited to record with a puppy on my lap this week.
1: (laughs) Oh, of course. I feel like everything's better with a puppy on your lap. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And how are you doing? You had a performance this week.
1: I did. I was singing at the UVU Scholarship Ball, which was like this, you know, drive-in event. I had to perform and sing with a mask on, which was a first. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it actually, it was fine because we had, we were mic'd, we had microphones, but it was, it was interesting because. Is it like
0: harder to like move your mouth and vocalize correctly? I feel like
1: the thing that makes it hard is you feel like you have to push so much more to get the same amount of volume. And so with that, it's like, it maybe like tires out your voice a little bit quicker just because you feel like you're like, oh man, no one can hear me. So I have to sing out more to like, you know, get through the mask. No, that
0: makes sense. I don't know what it
1: was like for the audience though, because I feel like part of like watching a performance is like the performers' faces and their energy and like, I don't know. So I wonder what that was like to not be able to see our faces.
0: I'm sure they just appreciated the live music since no one's been able to go to anything at all. So That's very true.
1: And one like benefit of it is I didn't have to worry about like putting on lipstick or anything like that. I just that's did my makeup true. from my nose up and Yeah. It didn't matter. Well, that's pretty nice. I know. And then part of me was like, Well, if like we do like mess up and do horribly, like they don't know what I look like. Like Yeah, exactly. Not only am I, like, from a distance on a stage, but half of my face is covered. Plus, you could always just blame
0: it on the mask. Be like, oh, well, you know, singing with a mask on. I was wearing a mask. How? What did you expect (laughs) me to do? A good job? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a highly trained vocalist. I can't just cover my mouth and sing with a mask on. (laughs) So, you know, whatever. There's the benefits, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, that's not too bad. But it was still fun. It was just so exciting to be back
0: on the stage. again. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's been
1: since March since I've singing
0: anything. Oh my so. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so crazy. This is going on way longer than we all thought it would.
1: I know, I always like think back to like cuz we had a couple like performances scheduled for July and everyone was like, "Oh no, what if those get canceled?" I was like, "That's ridiculous. No way. We're going to be able to do those." And then I'm like, "Haha, jokes on me." Yep.
0: <laughs> It did not happen, did and not knows happen. next March is not looking any better either, so. <laughs> but I'm excited about our episode today. Me
1: too. Okay, so I'm just going to dive right in. Today we are talking about Clara Schumann, which I love this composer. Kind of similar to the person that you talked about is Artemisia like she is definitely the person that inspired my love or like my desire to really look for women composers. Yeah. So kind of where I first discovered her. So as a, a portion of my college career, um, I was double majoring in the commercial music major, which I ended up graduating in. Um, but I was also double majoring in vocal performance, which is much more heavily Focused on classical music, opera, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Ended up dropping it that major my last year, but even though I didn't graduate with that degree, it was still super important for me. Just I think in like my artistic development, and I loved it. It was great. But my one of my very first classes that I took in that um, in that world or in that degree. It was a diction class because, you know, in classical music, you sing a lot of German, Italian, French. So, Mm yes. So there's like a whole class um, devoted to just learning how to enunciate German words, how to pronounce the words, how to sing it, everything. So I know it's so fun. So one of. (laughs) So I know. And now I like have this weird skill where like I can like read German fairly well. I have no idea what it says, but. I can read read it it and I know what (laughs) letters like make certain sounds. So that's a really helpful thing. That's awesome. I guess. (laughs) But anyways, so for one of the the final assignments is was just singing a German leader, which is essentially just a German art song. Um, Hmm. And we just had a book that we had to choose from. And so I went through, opened the book and I, I didn't even really listen to the songs. I just went through and I saw that one of them was written by a girl. And I was like, that's the one mm-hmm. I want to sing. And so, you know, it's a very intelligent reasoning behind it. It was just like, "Ooh, that one is a girl. So I'm going to sing that song.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, it was probably one of like the only ones in there, right? Oh, it, it was. It was the only song. But anyway, so I but I ended up falling in love with that song um it's Liebst du um Schönheit," and if that professor who taught that class is ever happens to hear that i'm sorry that i know that probably wasn't the most beautiful german (laughs) that we've ever heard (laughs) sounded great to me (laughs) well perfect (laughs) so anyways it was a art song um that clara schumann wrote um i just i loved it Um, I thought it was so beautiful. It moved me so much. Like I found a recording of it and I would just like listen to that song all the time. So I feel like I attribute that because, you know, I didn't grow up loving classical music and and diving into this classical music was a little bit later in my college career. But I feel like that song was like the first piece of like art song that I really fell in love with and like started to like Mm -hmm. make me realize like, wow, like, German art song is like this is a very beautiful just collection of artworks um not even just by Clara Schumann but by you know everyone um all those composers yeah. and so that's why I love her so much um and why she means so much to me it was like the very first song that I was like whoa okay like classical music and german music like doesn't matter if you can't pr- like pronounce not pronounce or understand the lyrics like this is just beautiful
0: Oh, beautiful yeah It's really cool that like even though there's not very many female composers, that the <laughs> one that was there was able to kind of help inspire that new yeah. love for classical music for you. Exactly. And I think the funny, maybe not funny thing too, is like it's
1: not like that song is like well known of being like the most beautiful German leader song. And it's <laughs> funny because even during like that time, um someone so that song, like that title, um, it's a poem called Leaps um, Doom um, um And there were a lot of different composers who, you know, wrote their own version of that, po- using that poem or whatever. Um, and someone was like performing one from a different composer. I can't remember. I feel like it was Wagner, but I don't know. Oh, it was Mahler. Mm, one of those two. I can't okay. remember off the top of my head. Anyways, and the, a professor was like, oh, this is the most beautiful, um, like, and I was just like, excuse me. Oh. Like, there is Clara Schumann, and hers is beautiful. How dare you? But, you know, music is subjective. So yeah. Whatever. But <laughs> personally, I love this song, and I think mm-hmm. it's Beautiful. So that's what introduced me originally to Clara Schumann. Um, and then I actually took a class after that one. Um, I took another one just on the history of art song. And for one of them, um, we had to just pick a composer and um, learn more about them and do a pro- you know like a presentation on them at the end of the semester. And the person I chose was Clara Schumann because of, you know, that art song that meant so much to me. Um and learning more about her life it was just like who is this person she is amazing and I also feel like I relate to her so much so just a big fan of this person in history I love her yeah. she's great
0: oh that's incredible I gotta say like I love the name art song just as like a yeah. title for something like that's so beautiful like i just uh-huh. get like a wonderful feeling about that I'm like, oh, what a wonderful name for a piece of music like an art song yeah
1: yeah well that's what art songs are so pretty i don't know especially german art songs i feel like like i feel like people consider like german to be kind of be like a harsh maybe some people think it's like an ugly language mm-hmm. i don't know but i am of the opinion that german is so beautiful especially when it's sung like I don't know, you can't listen to German leader, which is German art song, and just be like, mm, "German's a gross language." Like, no, 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 no! It is a beautiful language. <laughs> okay, well, let me just dive into. Let's just start talking about this lady. So, first off, um, well, I'm just gonna do a really brief, um, state of the arts here for when, Clara came on the scene. So, Clara was born in 1818. Germany so she emerged in the romantic era of music um, which so a lot of like the more popular composers are like Brahms um, Schumann which Schumann not her that would be her husband um, Schubert Chopin and Wagner um, they're like the most well-known but there are also a lot of others that kind of emerge at that time Strauss Verdi Mendelssohn Puccini and um, And even Beethoven, um, obviously, I'm sure we've all heard of Beethoven here. Um, He definitely deals um, are kind of, you know, existed in that romantic era. Um, It's been a long time since I've taken a music history class. So every single thing I'm saying here, I'm like nervous. I'm like,
0: oh, I hope I don't get this wrong. (laughs) Like we said, we're not historians, so it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. But anyways, so, you know, romantic era, um, that was a more exciting time in music, I guess, where the music was definitely um, focused so much more on the emotions and like, but it also has a balance of like following and breaking like musical rules. Um, It's not like so experimental, I I wouldn't say per se, as like later classical music. But um, there was definitely just, you know, a little bit more abstract, a little bit emotional than like the rigid classical music that kind of just came right before it, along with kind of just like the romanticism and the arts in general. I feel like with the Enlightenment, there's definitely like a turn um, to that in all works of art.
0: It's kind of funny. I feel like art and music throughout history, their movements match up a lot and have like mm-hmm. the same names. Yeah. So I was like, there's a romantic period in art, and I'm pretty sure it's right around this time period as well. Yeah. Well, it's I think cool. it's All intertwined there. That's what I was going to say.
1: I think it's cool too, that like you can, it shows that it's so much more of like a response to like a cultural movement and you know, like life imitates art, imitates yes. life, imitates art and you yeah. know,
0: I think no, it's that's really so cool. True. I love that.
1: Um, but yes. So I, you know, as far as like what it was like for women at the time, I mean, so Clara Schumann, at the time of her life, she is lesser known as a composer, truthfully, but she is so well-known, or at the time was very much well-known for being a phenomenal piano player. Um, She was definitely a virtuosa, and she toured around Europe as a piano player. So that's what she's much more well-known for rather than her compositions. But as far as like other women at the time, at the time it was definitely much more like you learned a new instrument, mainly as like an asset to bring to a marriage, rather than something to pursue as a career, which makes sense, I feel. That's not surprising, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) Nope, not from like the rest of history. I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It even makes more sense that they were like, yeah, you can perform all the piano you want. But then they're like, oh, you're writing music. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So that's kind of what... I don't know. That's, like, what she was definitely well-known for. But mm-hmm. the the cool thing about Clara is, like, she was definitely, like, very well-respected as a piano player. Like, she was a big deal. Like, people really wanted to see her. She lived a very big, like, long life pursuing that. But I think we'll talk about why the composition side of it kind of took a back, you know, took the back seat in her life. But, no, I agree. Like, it was very much not the focus and she didn't really have the opportunity to nourish that as much as like maybe her male counterparts so i said the the brief that's kind of the brief state of the arts right there so let me just dive into her early life so like i said she was born september 13th in 1818 in germany daughter of um friedrich and marianne Wieck. something interesting about so I I definitely noticed a tie-in here with Artemisia, who we talked about last time, and Clara, where um, they were heavily influenced or tutored by their fathers, where like Clara's father, I feel like he just like had this goal where he was like, I'm going to make her a famous virtuosic composer, and like that was his goal, and he made it happen so um another interesting too is that so at the age of five her parents actually got a divorce um and, oh, clara, wow. mm-hmm, and i actually i think it was because of an affair that her mom had Ooh, scandalous i know so scandalous <laughs> so yes yeah, so at age of five her parents got a divorce and clara was separated from her mother and so her and her two brothers um Stayed in the custody of the father. Okay. So she was pretty much just raised by her father. It doesn't sound like she had a very strong relationship with her mother after. Um, mm. Like there was letter writing. I think she would occasionally go vis- visit her, but father was definitely number one caretaker. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't a strong relationship with her mother. Mm-hmm. um So when she was five, she started taking piano lessons um, from her father she never attended like a public school but she was taught either by her father or private tutors or yeah just something similar but it's interesting because like her what her father i think the reason why he was able to bring so much is because his personal career is he was a tutor he was a teacher for like those bigger families so i think he just very much had just all that experience teaching and he's like no i know how i want my kids to be taught I'm going to teach them myself. It kind of sounds like this. I don't know. sounds like her father was a little bit crazy, a little bit controlling, but like he, I mean, like I said, at the same time though, like he definitely turned her into, um, the piano player that she was it's like a stage dad. Yeah. Like the original like dance mom, except it was a dad and, yeah. um, <laughs> and it was piano playing, not dancing. <laughs> So from the beginning, essentially, Clara made her first like public performance at the age of nine. Um, And that's when she began her career um, performing publicly. And essentially, like she just went on tours throughout her childhood um, with him. Wow! Exactly. So and kind of like one thing, it's like if you wanted to become a famous pianist, um, you had to be successful and accepted in Paris, Vienna and London those are definitely like the three hop in cities and so that's essentially where he would take her he would just like take her on these tours um and yeah she would play and she was a very good player um and people were very impressed with her like and that's like that's like this interesting thing where it's like i don't it i think it surpassed gender it surpassed the fact that she was a woman because mm-hmm. it was so impressive and also to like um you know, with Artemisia, it was like the fact that I think her father emphasized it so much um, mm-hmm. that, I don't know, it just, it just happened for her. Yeah. She got that opportunity to pursue it because that's what he wanted so bad for her.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. It's kind of like without their moms being in the picture and their dads being the ones that like had to mm-hmm. work with them and see them all the time, then they would like sing their praises from the rooftops and that was like enough to push them forward. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so then enters, well, here in our story, obviously she had a lot more, enters Robert Schumann. Now, this is who she's uh, going to... Play. Wait, is she still nine? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. So Robert Schumann is nine years older than Clara. Okay. Um, So essentially, it sounds like... I don't... Truthfully, don't remember. I I tried in my like in my research i like found like different things of like oh he met her when she was nine or oh it doesn't really bring him up until she was 15 so i don't know exactly for sure when they met in her timeline but Mm i well actually so in 1830 is when robert schumann lived in the house of their home. And essentially what it was, was it sounds like he attended one of Clara's concerts um, and he was very impressed with her playing. So, and then he found out that, oh, she took from her father. And so Robert wanted to take lessons from her father as well. At the time, I know that Robert was studying law, but um, he really wanted to do music and so I, 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 it's a, this very romantic story of him, like writing to his mom of like, I don't want to study law, mom. I want to be a musician. So he moved in with the Schumann, I mean, not the Schumanns, excuse me, with the Weigs and became a student of Clara's teacher and father.
0: Cool. Good for him for being like, I'm going to pursue the arts. Yep. It's like the original mm-hmm. Troy Bolton. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> <so> kidding. <laughs> Maybe Troy Bolton isn't, like, the original story of this, but, like, like, same
0: kind of thing. (laughs) Your dream.
1: (laughs) Like, no, Dad, I'm not going to do your dream. I'm going to follow mine. So, like I said, he was nine years older than Clara, so there's definitely that age gap. And it sounds like that when she was 15 is when the romance between Robert and Clara started to flourish and become something. So
0: Okay. So that would have made him 20.
1: Wait. 24 okay i'm like about math yeah i think so yeah so he was 24 she
0: was 15 um and i mean definitely like creepy now but back then
1: yeah yeah like i don't know it's creepy that like he knew her when she was even younger i feel yeah but but whatever whatever (laughs) anyway so but they didn't (laughs) i don't really think that they like super like they didn't try to get married at that time it was I think it was just obvious that they liked each other um, and that Clara was kind of infatuated in him and with him and Robert kind of shared that. Um, but um, Clara's father did not approve of this match did not approve of this really? arrangement yes so it it said that like sometimes he would send her on like seven month tours just to keep them apart because he's he did not like this arrangement oh no i know so so scandalous yeah
0: forbidden romance
1: i know it's like i love just the just the like the typical tropes of just like romance and drama that are that is in her life. Well it's kind
0: of so funny because fun. it's like we think it's such a trope and then you look back and you're like, No, but like it actually happened like all uh-huh. the time. Like
1: this is history. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, her father did everything in his power to keep them apart, but it sounds like Robert and Clara would keep in contact through letters. It was it it was just fate, apparently. And at the age of eighteen Robert proposed to Clara. So she was at least a consenting adult when yeah, he that's proposed good. to her. So <laughs> so he she was 18, he was 27, and that's when he proposed to her. But um so he asked for her father's hand, but her father still did not approve of this marriage at all. And wow. so what they did is Robert and Clara sued her father. What? Yes.
0: You could do that.
1: Apparently. They sued him. (laughs) And yeah, it it sounds like this is, I was reading something where it mentioned that I think Clara started reaching out to her mother at this time to, I think, try and get help and to prove that like Robert was a good match or that Clara should be able to marry him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. But it sounds like, He just did not want this marriage to happen. He took such action that, like, he refused the delivery of estate, such as her grand piano. So, like, he pretty much said, If you marry him, I'm not going to give you your piano. Like, he was not happy with this situation. And it definitely turned their whole relationship sour. Mm. It doesn't really sound like they had a very good relationship for the rest of her life
0: afterwards.
1: But eventually, the judge allowed for the marriage. Um, It ruled in Clara and Robert's favor, and they were married September 12th, 1840.
0: So exactly like what, like how do you sue someone for that? Is it like on grounds of like not accepting my unrightful unacceptance of (laughs) my fiancé? I don't know.
1: (laughs) So it sounds like the reason why that he so strongly opposed this marriage was that it would destroy the plans he had for Clara's music career which oh. is funny because it's like nowadays it's like no put aside your career for you the marriage when Friedrich was like no you are not yeah. getting married I know we are not gonna have that so I think what happened essentially was the you know obviously the consent was required for them to get married but because that they didn't get that consent that's when they got the courts involved to see if they could get married without the consent
0: oh um, okay that makes sense exactly so crazy
1: i know it's on july 16th it says here schumann filed a complaint against veek the court scheduled a meeting for veek clara and robert but when the day came veek did not appear pleading that he was too busy he then offered to settle with the court Setting high demanding terms, he would allow Clara to marry, provide that Clara give all her seven years of concert earnings to her brothers, and pay, yeah, and pay a thousand something in order to receive her piano and personal belongings from the Vicks' home. He demanded that Robert set aside eight thousand thalers to be invested so that the interest could compensate Clara if the marriage failed. Oh like my gosh. so Come many on, high Dad. demands, <laughs> I know that the court ended up denying because it—that's just ridiculous. Yeah. And- so with all that it seems like it was it ended up just being this huge legal battle and it ended up with the court ruling against him and gave consent to the marriage then schumann then sued veek for slander and won so then he was forced to pay a large sum to them because of the slander that he said against robert in an attempt to stop this marriage from happening
0: wow so just the drama So many legal cases in these.
1: I know. (laughs) I just, I love it. I, It's just like I said, just the drama that this woman that was in her life. It's like I said, it's like a story. Like I feel like this could be a movie. Oh, it should be. But it's real. It's it's history. (laughs) Something that um, I just, I was reading here that the father said about schumann was schumann cannot speak coherently or write legibly he is lazy unreliable and conceited a mediocre composer whose music is unclear and almost impossible to perform incompetent childish unmanly in short totally lost for any social adjustment so that is the father's opinion of robert (laughs) (laughs) just did not like this man oh man wow we're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. So this person, she is a singer songwriter. Um, she was actually featured on, you know, the, like the new NBC show Songland. land. Um, it's a TV show about songwriters. She was featured on their season two. Um, How cool. I know her. So her name is, her Instagram is just at Jenna Lottie. Um, J-E-N-N-A-L-O-T-T-I. She's just like an up-and-coming cool singer-songwriter. I really love her songs. She's recently released a song called How to Be Loved. I really like it. I think she's really cool. Um, So I would encourage you to follow her and check her out. Definitely just like cool indie pop vibes. And she's got really good lyrics. So what's her username again? Yeah, Jenna Lottie, J-E-N-N-A-L-O-T-T-I. I've had a couple of her songs on, like, repeat on my playlist lately, and I realized that she's, like, still technically, like, an up-and-coming artist. So, give her a shout-out. She's really cool.
0: I didn't know there was a show for songwriters. That's cool. Yeah, it's so cool. I love the
1: show. It, it features new up-and-coming songwriters, and they get to pitch their songs to, like, musicians. Like, I think she pitched hers to Julia Michaels, and... I don't know. They've had like John Legend on there. I think they had Usher on there as well. Like, um, I don't know. They've had some pretty big people on there that they just pitched these new songs to. They had the Jonas Brothers on there in season one. So it's a really cool show. It's on Hulu, I think.
0: Awesome. And it plays on
1: TV, but I watch yeah. it on Hulu. Well,
0: I don't have TV, so yeah, I would yeah, do. I don't
1: have TV, but I have Hulu, so. Yeah. That I get with my Spotify student membership.
0: Exactly. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Mine is this account. It's a photographer, and I actually don't know if I know her name. I'm sure it's on there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But the account is called Dirty Boots and Messy Hair. And not only are her photos like stunning and absolutely beautiful, but her captions are mm-hmm. just phenomenal. Um, she quotes like a lot of poetry, which I think is really amazing. And then also just like a lot of quotes, mm-hmm. um, which I usually don't see from a lot of like couples photographers. It's a lot of couple photography for like weddings. Yeah. And and then she also does a lot of like in-home sessions, which always turn out really cool. Yeah. But I just think that she she makes it, a lot more like beautiful and like kind of curated and like poetic mm-hmm. than just like oh here's another shoot
1: here's another couple that's in love
0: yeah so like i really appreciate it plus the photography is just like beautiful
1: yeah no i'm scrolling through and i'm like this yeah. is so pretty
0: just like moody lighting and like really mm-hmm. creative shoots i just really enjoy it i always take time to stop and read her captions and that's how i know it's a good account so yes for real <laughs>
1: Um, even the log captions you're reading, you know, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. But
0: yeah, so those are those we'll have them tagged in a highlight as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, send us more people that we should follow and know about. All right. Now
1: back to the show. Which I think, cause I, cause you would think that like, oh, Robert being a student of him, it would have helped him. But think. it probably just made him like yeah. better get to know him in that way. And he was like, nope.
0: I don't yeah, maybe he man. shouldn't have been his student. <laughs> yeah. Sounds
1: like that went against them. Oh, in the end. well, I guess it worked out. They yeah, got married. it worked out. They got married. <laughs> and truth be told, like from what I can read. So something actually interesting about them that as a couple on their wedding date or soon after they started like a wedding, like a marriage journal where every week they would like take turns writing in the journal and then trade it off
0: that's so cute
1: i know and he kind of said it as like hey like i want this to almost like be like our autobiography like and it's really cool now because i feel like now that's why we understand so much of who clara is is because she put so much of her personality in this and you were really able to get a good sense of her and their relationship because Uh of this journal
0: and he gave her a voice like he gave mm-hmm. her a place to put her stuff and then it was able to continue on with like his legacy as well exactly oh, that's so incredible
1: i think it's really cool um it, it's interesting too cuz like reading I feel like their relationship was just so just the typical passionate like passionate maybe had high lows high you know high ups but there was this one thing um where there's a biography that i um, have where it's like Clara Schumann, um, the artist and the woman. So this is this biography that I've read through a lot. Um, and there's just this one quote from here that, like I said, it's cool because we get such an insight on her. So it says, I've had several unhappy days in which I really tormented my poor husband. I thought he didn't love me as much as he had during the first year of our marriage. I know very well that he has many things on his mind that vex him. I was very irritable and because of this gave myself many troubled hours Um, and then a year later she wrote an indescribable melancholy has taken hold of me for the last few days I think you don't love me the way you used to I often feel so clearly that I cannot satisfy you at times it seems to me that it seems to me when you are tender that is only because of your good heart which does not wish to hurt me Hmm. so like I like I don't know reading those like excerpts it sounds like it seems that like Because he was very much the typical tortured artist. And I'll talk about that more in a little bit. So I think that definitely obviously played an effect on his relationships. And Clara, you know, being the most important person in his life, definitely felt that the most. Um, But it does sound like that he really was devoted to her. Like they really did love each other. He was Mm -hmm. very passionate. But, you know, with that, I think came those lower lows as well where she always wasn't maybe so sure of herself no that makes sense Mm -hmm. um but you know i do feel like that their relationship very much was a partnership because they definitely would build each other up and um support each other in their musical endeavors because he was a composer and Mm -hmm. a piano player as well and like so she would like premiere his works Or like she would do piano arrangements of his orchestral works. So like they very much were intertwined as far as their support and their with each other. Um, Oh,
0: that's incredible.
1: I know. And I think that's partly why as to why Clara Schumann is so remembered is for one, like, I mean, truth be told, like Robert Schumann, his compositions are beautiful and his Mm -hmm. art songs, especially, which I think he's maybe mainly the most Maybe the most well known for, um, at least that's what I know the most. But I'm also a singer, so that's yeah. what I would know the most. <laughs> They're so beautiful, and I think she really recognized that he was a very gifted composer, mm-hmm. and so she wanted to support him in that, and she wanted to build that up. Yeah. And a lot of his creations like had their debut performance because of her. So I think that like I think it's just cool how it's like both of their. They both accepted each other and, not, well, they accepted each other, but they also supported each other and, you know, they they helped each other out a lot. Yeah. But as I mentioned, he was very much the typical tortured artist. Didn't do so very well with his health. Um, in 1854, so this is after them being married for about 14 years. Yeah, because they married in 1840. Robert Schumann had a mental collapse um, and ended up admitting himself into an asylum oh no yes so i think it got really bad his health got really bad and so that's where he went um oh gosh, so it seems like so much of that era like mm-hmm. and then they kind of fell apart for a while and it's like no okay <laughs> well that's what it's like oh their health got really bad and it's like yeah. how and then it's like oh well then they just had a mental collapse a couple years later and it's like oh it's
0: like, oh okay yeah so
1: I get it. That's horrible.
0: Yeah, that's so sad. So, um,
1: and also while he was there, um, she was not permitted to see him. Whoa. I know. So, just really sad that, like, yeah, she wasn't able to be close with him um, at that time. However, while he was in the asylum, his condition worsened, and they did allow her to go see him because of that. Two days after, um, he saw her for the last time he passed away actually no that's I know. so sad i know oh my gosh At, so it was the age of 37 that she was widowed
0: oh man what did he die from just after a suicide attempt
1: in 1854 which is what led him to him admitting himself to the asylum he was diagnosed with psych- with just like psychotic melancholia and he ended up dying of pneumonia two years later at the age of 46 without recovering from his mental illness so interesting i think it was just a total mental decline and then he got sick and then ended up dying
0: well he probably lost like the will to kind of push through his pneumonia exactly Exactly. so yeah
1: so he dies and so she, before, you know, he had that mental collapse, they ended up having, they had eight children together. One died in infancy and seven survived to adulthood. Wow. That was super, I know, Yeah. And so at the age of 37, essentially she's w- widowed with her seven children. I also read, so in her letters to her friends, um, she writes after that time that she has the feeling to never, ever become joyful again. So she was very sad. Like, this was not a happy, you know, like, and I feel like it just shows, like, they definitely did have that devotion to one another, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is
0: nice. That would be so hard because he was gone for so long, too. Mm -hmm. So then she, like, barely sees him and then he passes away. Yes. Yeah. So something that I
1: thought was interesting that even before he died, that she was the main breadwinner in the family. Oh, Um, she definitely was the sole supporter with her success as a piano concert pianist. Um, She was doing better at that than he was at composing. Yes, absolutely. And then afterwards, after their, you know, he passed away, um, she continued to obviously be the sole breadwinner, both from her concerts and also she was a great teacher. And so with both of those things, she was able to support herself and support her family.
0: That's
1: amazing. Um, I know. And, and it kind of sounds like, you know, she did have to go on like month long tours um, and be away from her family. But at the same time, like she was able to employ a maid and a cook. So like she was obviously very successful in herself that she was able to hire on outside help and, you know, was able to raise her children and raise her family.
0: That's incredible.
1: I know she's just this crazy human being. So Another thing, too, is, like, it says that, like, her life was just kind of... There's a lot of tragedy in her life, though, too, where... So, I think two of her children did die in their adulthood. Um, one of them, I think it was her oldest, also kind of suffered a similar fate that Robert did. Didn't do so well mentally. Um, and so, he died. Another one um, passed away as well. And those adult children who did die, she... One of them had six children that afterwards she basically just took in as her own and she raised them. Are you kidding? Holy cow. Raises like 12 children. Oh, my gosh. While being a very successful and like adored concert pianist throughout Europe. It's fine. Oh, my heck. I just like she's just this powerhouse of a person like she just does it all
0: it would be insane for someone to accomplish this nowadays and like everyone would be like holy cow like how are you doing a performing career and everything else and then like putting it in the context of women's roles back then and like how rare it was it makes it even more amazing that she was able to accomplish all of that
1: that's what I think is especially so cool is yeah exactly like that's what I, reading her story, I'm like, I would be so impressed with anyone who did this now. Yes. But like, she did it in the 1800s. Yeah. It's
0: insane. When like, it's even so more insane. was stacked against her. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> gosh, that's incredible. I know. But, you know, because of the fact that,
1: um, kind of going back to her compositions and the fact that her composing. So, something, another thing too is, um, she never composed again after Robert died oh no I know but also while he was alive it wasn't really just the main focus of her for one thing I think she was just so much more of a concert pianist and that was her focus but then also with having to uphold her her family and her you know it was just kind of just the thing that took the back seat I think
0: yeah yeah
1: There's a quote from Robert that I think is really cool, where it says, Clara has composed a series of small pieces, which shows a musical and tender ingenuity such as she has never attained before. But to have children and a husband who is always living in the realm of imagination does not go together with composing. She cannot work at it regularly, and I am often disturbed to think how much profound ideas are lost because she cannot work them out oh my gosh i know so even robert like i think it sounds like he just like had this guilt of like she can't nurture this composing skill as much because i'm you know he was the composer yeah and she had to be the one who was having that consistent performing career and she was so much more focused you know involved with the children and Mm -hmm like he even said a husband who is always living in the realm of imagination like there yeah. wasn't anything consistent on his end that you know he recognized that that was playing on a that was playing a huge part in the fact that she wasn't able to you know do that as much as even he thought she should have been able to
0: that's such a sweet little sentiment though to be like i, I feel guilty because i know that like i'm holding her back in a way and- Hmm and recognizing the talent that she did have for it.
1: Yeah. I I love it. I think it's Yeah, finding that quote. I was just like,
0: Aww. "Thank you. I love <laughs> yeah. that. It's so it's so
1: sweet." Um so after he died, he passed away, Clara was very like involved. So she was really good friends and when Robert was alive, they were both really good friends with the composer Brahms. Um there is some speculation that a romance between Clara and Brahms you know, was a thing.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I truly do not know. And yeah, you know, I don't know how much it really matters, but I do know that she had a very, very close relationship with, with Brahms and, um, they were very dear friends, whether or not that was romantic. I think it's like, he really had romantic feelings towards her. We don't really know how much she reciprocated reciprocated those ideas yeah I don't know Mm -hmm. some you can you see opinions on both sides where some people are like yes they were in love and some people being like no shut up they were just friends yeah so who knows you can you can look that up and make that decision for yourself but (laughs) um but they definitely did have a very strong relationship and um I think it's also cool too because she she was very well respected with the um like within her like world and within her peers. And like there's even this like thing I was reading of like the war of the romantics where it's just like, she just like really hated like this new kind of like German playing that was coming out. And because it sounds like a lot of like the newer people were being very like, like making a show of it. Like they would like perform and like, you know, like almost like whip their hair and like get super into it. And like her focus was like, no, like we need to serve the music. We need to serve the composer. Like that was so much more her thing. And so she very much like spoke out against that, like was not afraid to be like, that sucks. I hate that. And so I just think it's so funny. Like in describing the works of the opposing, Clara Schumann was particularly scathing of Wagner writing of his Tana Hauser, that he wears himself out in atrocities, describing it as horrible and referring to another one of his works as the most repugnant thing I have ever seen or heard in all of my life. <laughs> so
0: she was That's such v- a bold statement. <laughs>
1: I know. So I just think it's so funny where it's just like she was very outspoken like people knew what her opinions were Mm -hmm. and she just like sounds like like this like really passionate strong-willed like just powerhouse of a human being who was just like just did it all and i just think it's awesome
0: that's amazing yeah there's no denying that she was like a very strong woman
1: oh absolutely so life after robert you know continued 1878 she was employed um conservatory in frankfurt as the first and at the time only woman until 1892 who worked there as a teacher so only woman who taught there but it sounds like like students from all over would come and um take lessons from this famous pianist um she also had her two daughters um kind of serve as her assistants that would serve and teach the beginning students, beginning piano students, as Clara would only teach advanced students. So oh, okay. it sounds like she was like, you know, she taught her children piano so that, mm-hmm. she, and that they kind of worked along with her, um, with, you know, just being a piano teacher. And then of course, you know, she continued to perform and do concerts throughout Europe, and she she pretty much was playing music until she died, and she lived such a long life clara schumann ended up passing away and dying in may 20th of 1896 so she lived from 1818 to 1896 so a very long like full life yeah (laughs) at the age of 76 is when she passed away wow yeah i know so just just this long amazing life so some of her legacies that you know after her death at first her legacy as a composer didn't really live on her work you know as a pianist is widely recognized Um, and actually she was one of the first pianists to perform from memory which led it to being the standard where it was expected for pianists to have their pieces memorized when they performed so oh. i didn't realize that that wasn't always the expectation and so now i know that i can curse clara schumann because i'm horrible at memorizing music yeah <laughs> and like now for that that can go back to hers being one of the reasons there was like a story of like when she was 13 she performed somewhere and everyone was just so amazed that she was memorized and so eventually i think it just kind of became a thing that was accepted expected from pianos
0: that's incredible um, though it shows like how above kind of everyone else at that time she was though But she was mm-hmm. like oh yeah like I'm just gonna play it without the sheet music
1: it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> and then something too that like she influenced pianists of course through her teaching but because when she played it was so much less on just like showing off her own technique but more so of like understanding the importance of like taking a work of art and putting it out as the composer maybe originally intended and displaying that as much as she possibly could. And I wonder if part of that was because she was married to a composer, you Mm -hmm. know, she was so close with Robert and also so much like, like revered his, his works too, that, um, you know, I wonder if maybe that was a part of like that reason, reason of why she, maybe like she got that inside view of like how a composer worked. And so she like really took that in and was like, okay, so as a pianist, my job is to perform this music as the composer intended it for you know that,
0: yeah that's really interesting cuz i know mm-hmm. a lot of people don't feel that way they're like oh i'll take artistic liberties or whatever mm-hmm. i want i think it's cool that she recognized like the art that the composer was putting. exactly yeah that's really yes. amazing
1: and so that seems like that that was her emphasis it wasn't so much on the technique it was more of just like the expression of it. And then, yeah, just doing what the composer intended rather than showing off her own ability. Continuing with her legacy, um, one of her students, Carl um, Friedberg, carried that tradition to Juilliard and used that in his own teachings, which, you know, Juilliard, I'm very familiar with that, (laughs) with that school. So, you know, just a cool thing that she ended up somehow having an effect on and then another really cool thing about Clara is that she was instrumental in getting the works of her husband out and recognized and appreciated and just added to the repertoire and it said that she promoted his works tirelessly for throughout the rest of her life so like I said I just think it shows just like her devotion to him how much she loved him and how much like she really just thought he was this great composer Mm -hmm. and was like you know I'm gonna make sure that people people see that. And truth be told, like I said, like he is, he is an amazing composer. And so I think it's really cool that she took that on. It's like, Nope, I'm going to make sure that his work lives on. That's incredible. So just a cool lady. And there are a couple quotes here that I think just summarize so much of who she is. So, Mm -hmm. and which I said, like we, we have because of those journals that she wrote and and even when it, because it sounds like, because, you know, obviously the original intention was to switch it off every week, but I don't, as Robert does not seem like he was the most consistent human being. Um, most tortured artists Yeah, <laughs> as, as, exactly, as the tortured artist <laughs> trope is, she would still continue it and I think have that maybe a little bit more than he did. But, so something that she wrote about her own composing um, which I think is really sad here. But she says, I once believed that I had creative talent, but I have given up on this idea. A woman must not wish to compose. There never was one able to do it. And am I intended to be that one? It would be arrogant for me to believe that. Oh, I know. So I, I think it's just like interesting where it just like shows that like her mindset where she's like, I thought that I could do this. But like, there's no way I I could be the one good woman composer
0: well and it shows like how much that idea like fights Mm -hmm. against you that like it is important to have other females kind of trailblazing the way ahead so that you do feel like it's more possible like she didn't have anyone to look at and be like oh okay Mm -hmm. like maybe this is possible yeah it's so much harder to be the first than like the fifth
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah and because it's interesting too because like with when she was being taught by her father as a You know as a young as a child as a teenager he definitely encouraged composing, excuse me composing just as like a like a practice tool you know just a way to better understand music and to better understand the piano instrument so composing was definitely something that was encouraged to her as a young age and she had a hand in that and i mean she did compose you know Mm. there's multiple piano trios there's you know a couple art songs that are by her that are very beautiful But there's just not as much, you know, as others. And it's just not something that was nurtured as much as it could have been. So, you know, truth be told, like, yeah, there maybe are a little bit more simple than her male counterparts at the time. But it also like that was her secondary secondary talent. You know, she wasn't actively pursuing that. Mm. And also it sounds like she was maybe actively not pursuing that um,
0: just based off of her own insecurity. Is that kind of one of the main critiques everyone says is that it's, like, too simple?
1: Yeah, I was reading an article, actually, where um, it talked about... Because I, you know, Googled why are there no women classical pianists. And it, it was pretty much comparing, like, you know, if you listen to Clara Schumann's and Robert Schumann's, like, there's an obvious difference there between them. You know, where, you know, Robert is so expressive and so it's just, it's just more... It's obvious that that was his main...
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, like, if one of them's touring the world playing piano the entire time and the other one's spending their entire time composing, like, who's going to have a better composition? Who's going to get better? Exactly.
1: And, And something that the article, like, talks about, that it's like, if you look at all the women composers, and I think we talked about this with Artemisia, where it's not like all those women composers have something in common mm-hmm. you know like maybe compared to their male, male cu- counterparts at the time they weren't the works maybe weren't as polished or weren't where they sh- could be or should have been but it's not because that there's just like something inherently woman about them that you can yeah. like tie between all these different time periods of female composers yeah exactly. it's just that like you said like she had. To, she was the main breadwinner for their family. And so she had to go out and do what she could do and what would bring the money in. Yeah. And, st-
0: and she was pregnant like eight times. And
1: <laughs> I know.
0: Well, so this goes into my
1: other quote, which just almost cracks me up because I know I'm definitely the person that it's like, if I'm not constantly busy, I feel like I'm not doing enough you know Mm -hmm. and so this one is just so funny so there's a quote from her says i am lazy but i cannot help it because i am always ill and terribly weak oh if i could only work that is my one sorrow and that quote was written at the end of july 847 after a year of touring a schumann festival the death of her youngest child and a new pregnancy And in those moments where it's like, no, she's obviously accomplished a lot in that last year and like gone through personal tragedy and like is pregnant again. She's like, I'm so lazy and I just
0: wish I could work.
1: So I feel like that's just like a really good encapsulation of like, that's who she is.
0: I know so many women like that though, that Uh (laughs) that are just like, oh my gosh, I get nothing done. And it's like, uh you've literally done more than so most people published, yeah <laughs>
1: exactly
0: <laughs> I don't know I just feel like that just like
1: those two quotes just share like show a window of like who mm-hmm. she was as a human being of like you know very I think maybe a little bit insecure as an artist but also just an incredible hard worker and it's like if you just look at her life story like it's just there's romance and drama and like it's so clear just how passionate she was about music and yeah. the arts and just her craft and piano playing in general that like this, she's just a cool, cool woman.
0: Definitely. Um, I feel like you can see the limits of the time period on her mm-hmm. a lot too, which makes it, I feel like even more tragic, mm-hmm. but like at the same time shows like how much she was able to overcome and accomplish without even giving herself credit for it yeah. too.
1: Well, the other thing too about this is like, I think like a big reason I think why she's so remembered even now is because of her husband Robert mm-hmm. and because his works have lived on, which it's crazy that it's like, she's remembered because of his co- compositions when she's the reason why maybe these compositions even are remembered in the first place, you know? yeah. And because of, we all know Robert is maybe because we, why we know Clara. So it's like how many people or how many women were there that didn't have the famous husband you
0: know what I mean? That could help them live on, or who did, but their husband didn't care as m- like that sounds yeah. mean, but like care as much to promote their exactly. wife's career.
1: Yeah. So you know, you just wonder like if Clara's only remembered really because of Robert. When Clara lived like this most amazing life just on her own, and like her story's so cool, it's just like who else is out there, and you know who's maybe been forgotten. probably so many (laughs) I know but also like she's so she's just a cool lady and the more Mm -hmm. I learn about her the more I'm just like dang freaking Clara Schumann
0: holy cow now that's incredible so yeah
1: that pretty much summarizes Clara Schumann if you're interested in reading more about her I mean that biography that I mentioned Clara Schumann the artist and the woman I've read I haven't like read through it like cover to cover I have read it a lot through it a lot it's really interesting I feel like it's a for a biography it's a pretty interesting read you know so that's a cool book um there's also a new york times article about clara schumann that i was able to find um and it's called clara schumann music's unsung renaissance woman oh so she's really cool and then last in 2019 september she's born in september um 2019 would have been her 200th birthday
0: so no that's incredible i I feel like this is, like, a weird comparison. It's giving me kind of, like, Hamilton vibes. Yeah. (laughs) Except hopefully her husband didn't cheat on her. But (laughs) kind of, like, he has this tragic death and then, like, she's the one who, like, promoted his story and made Mm -hmm. sure that his name stayed throughout history and records and everything. Yeah.
1: No, that's so true. I didn't even, like – that's a cool parallel. But, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh man. Uh, oh, yeah. That's really cool though. I, mm-hmm. I loved learning about that and hearing about all the things that she was able to accomplish and, and do from like such a young age.
1: I know she's a like <sighs> child prodigy.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think it goes to show like how integral, integral. Yeah. Parents are into this. Like Mm-hmm. Both Artemisia and Clara, like their fathers were such a major push into making sure that they were able to be accomplished as they were in their lifetimes mm-hmm. and like how important it is to have parents like push you and allow you to fulfill your dreams and your talents and everything. No, absolutely.
1: Go listen to some of her work. It's very yeah. beautiful. If we'll you
0: see, just, like- we should be able to post them on the Instagram. Yeah, too, we'll post them on her yeah. Insta- on our
1: Instagram Um, so if you wanna hear more of her own music, her own compositions, you can find it there. Mm -hmm. Um or if you just go on YouTube and just look up Clara Schumann, there's like a three hour long video of all of her piano works that just played. Wow, there you go. So if you want to just have that be great background (laughs) music. It's it's great. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Clara Schumann. Um as usual, um, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, which is morethanamuse.podcast. Um, leave us a review. Share with your friends about this amazing podcast you just discovered. and
0: Yeah, send it to everyone We'll all you know. find more muses and <laughs> create a muse community. Exactly. And I'm really excited because we have an interview coming up. Yes, we do. Next episode will be an interview. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited, yeah, because we definitely want to involve more people in this so you don't get Mm -hmm. sick of our voices. I'm kidding. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, just really excited about this and all of you, and happy to keep going. (laughs) Happy to be here. Hope you are too.